that time of the year again. While we won't be strolling on Hollywood Boulevard, we will be strolling along West Street and Main Street in Annapolis for the 11th Annual Annapolis Film Festival. From March 23rd to the 26th, you can enjoy more than 70 films, Q&A sessions with filmmakers, panels, coffee chats, and yes, plenty of parties. Tickets and passes are on sale now at annapolisfilmfestival.org. But right now, we're going to give you a taste of things to come as we interview directors and producers of some of the hottest movies on the slate. Well, I'll tell you, I absolutely love when I get a chance to talk to a local filmmaker that is coming to the Annapolis Film Festival. And on the phone with us tonight is Vicki Bruce, who can't really get any more local than Annapolis. How are you today? I'm great, John. Thanks. How are you? Good. Well, I tell you, the Annapolis Film Festival, for those that have not heard yet, is March 23rd to the 26th right here in Annapolis. There are five different venues. You want to go to AnnapolisFilmFestival.org for your tickets and passes now, but don't buy tickets. Buy passes if you want to see several different movies. That's the way to go. That's the way to experience the festival. And one of the first things I want to tell everybody is that Saturday, March 25th at noon at the Boys and Girls Clubs, that's where you need to be because Vicky's movie is going to be premiering here in Annapolis and it is called Las Abogadas. Did I get the name right? You got it right. Hey, look at that, man. <laughs> Before we started recording, I, 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 I'm, I'm going to come clean because I thought that it was a place. So I did some Googling before we, so I realized that it's not a place. Um, but this is a a really timely, concerning film and and the brief synopsis that I can come up with is that it is four women attorneys that have gone down to the border where we had the whole immigration quote unquote crisis coming from Mexico across the border into Texas to represent these people during the Trump administration where the immigrants were not getting any care, any, um, you know, any help. Basically, is that where, am I right? Yeah, you're right. But it continues into the Biden administration, which um, they are continuing to suffer at the border. Things are even getting worse in some cases. So it's just the overall, you know, we're, we're failing on this, the immigration and the front. You know, the, the laws haven't been written. There's no good policy in like 40 years in this country. So it's basically a mess. And I just... I wanted to, instead of it being in this huge mess and having everybody look away, look at these four women and just watch what they're doing. And I think like that was the the reason that I made the film about the lawyers. So Las Abogadas means the lawyers. And, um, you know, you really kind of see it from their point of view. And I think that it's really it, it's a way to grab people into the conversation. Well, how did this all come about? Okay, and these these four women, were they based down in Texas or did they come from all over or? So they come from different places. One of the women is um, she's half Chinese, half German, first generation American. She was 20 years. She was an attorney in um, Virginia. And she, when Trump got elected, unlike a lot of people who said they would leave, she actually left and moved her family to Mexico in a beautiful town in Mexico. And um, so she was the one that I was watching on Facebook because I knew a, her best friend lives here in Annapolis, Kristen Schrecker, who's our supervisory producer. And I watched her post about how she 
she took her VW bus and drove out to meet the the migrant caravan that you know Trump was calling murderers and rapists and everything. And she went out there like with one friend, and the two of them started giving legal advice to five thousand people in the middle of Mexico. And um, I thought that was a phenomenal story. So she's one of the characters. Another one is um, a native of India and who's now an American attorney. Another is from Ethiopia. She works in Los Angeles on the border of Tijuana and San Diego. And then a third who's, you know, this American woman in Texas who's just got her cowboy boots on and going out in the hot sun and giving legal advice to these desperate migrants. Wow. And and so how did this, I mean, how did it came about? Okay. If you're following her story on Facebook and wherever she's posting this and, and did this just say, you know, I need to be down there. <laughs> well, I had retired from filmmaking because, uh, it's too hard and <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, it's, it's too hard to raise the money. I should say, I love filmmaking, but it's too hard to get paid and make a living. So I was like, I'm, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to do corporate videos. I'm going to make money. And then I, I got invited to this film festival in Bosnia. And when I arrived, you know, they all knew my previous work and they were like, what are you working on? And I'd be like, getting out, like not, not wanting to admit (laughs) it, you know, corporate videos gag me. And, um, so as I was at that festival, I kept getting inspired by films from Syria and, you know, and films about, you know, just really important topics. And I just all of a sudden the story of Rebecca just like hit me like a lightning bolt. It was like, I have to make this film. I literally texted her as I was on the jury deliberating for the best film in that festival. <laughs> I oh, my said, word. Got to interview you when I get home. <laughs> well, how many films have you made? I mean, I, I, I'll tell you, one of my... One of my favorite films, and I mean, I've, I've seen a lot. I mean, maybe that's an exaggeration, but a, a film that I really, really like and enjoy is Pippin's Astro. Oh, thank um, you. And, and I mean, you know, it's got the whole, the local angle and everything else. And I was fortunate enough to meet Zastro before he passed away. And uh, that means every bit of a character that you depicted him on. And, mm-hmm. and you didn't depict him. I mean, you just documented him yeah. in your documentary. But well, how many how many films have you made? Um, This is my fifth. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I got I got to get on that IMDb and figure <laughs> and check <laughs> I it do out. Too. I got to update it. Um, well, and are they all documentaries? They're all documentaries. Yeah, I haven't crossed over to the dark side yet, but I have an idea for a film. Maybe maybe you'll see me do a feature one day. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> at, at heart, and a little bit of you know the Annapolis lore coming in here, but I mean, at heart, you're an activist. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You think? And, um, <laughs> you caught me, John. You caught me. <laughs> Sorry, to, man. I didn't mean to out you quite like that, Vicky. But <laughs> don't tell anyone. Uh, right. Um, but I mean, is that is that pretty much what what has driven you to develop five documentaries? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I think it's you know it, every documentarian. Well, I guess not everyone, but most of us are doing something and telling a story that we think is important for people to take action on, you know? So the Pippin's Astro story was, you know, it, it came about because when I moved to Annapolis from the West coast, I was instantly t- um, shocked by the separation of black communities and white communities and the racism and the, you know, the socioeconomic differences between people of different colors. And it was just, it, you know, it happens everywhere in America, but it was, it's especially startling here. 
to me. And um, well, I and think so- I think it's very startling when you consider how big or how not big Annapolis is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can exactly. sit here and sit and say, okay, in a city of eight million people in New York, oh yeah. You know, L.A., I don't know what their population is, maybe you know, six million. Oh, yeah, I can mm-hmm. I can see that. 38,000, 38, it was probably 32,000 when Pippin's Astro or even thirty less than that. Uh, yeah. It's pretty striking. It is striking, and I didn't feel comfortable. I remember going to parties where um, when I started making the film, you know, I didn't know any black people in Annapolis because they didn't hang out in the same circles. And I'd say, oh, I'm going to make this film about, you know, the you know, like the racism here and then this black guy and this white guy. And, they, and like you could hear a pin drop, like no one would even talk about it. Didn't so, get back, get, didn't get invited back to that party again, did you? And I have to say that um, then Obama got elected. A lot of white people were like, oh, racism's over now. And during that time, you know, we're making the film. That was really cool. You know, Zastra was like, but actually, actually, like, Full disclosure, Zastro was Hillary. I was Obama back in 08. We used to fight about it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) And um, so, you know, that was going on. And, you know, the world, things are, you know, different a little bit. And, um, you know, but the that film, I really, really wanted to bring it to schools in the Anne Arundel County. And um, although it didn't, it's played at some schools, but I wanted it to be curriculum. Because I feel like, you know, in that in this case, you need to be in junior high, elementary school. These lessons need to be learned. High school too late, you know, and they'd see the film. and They said, oh, well, it has domestic violence and this and that. So, you know, I mean, there are parts they, they, they should have done it. They should have made a curriculum about it. They still should. So if anybody out there is listening and writes curriculum for the school district around here, this is an important story that has not been solved, fixed. Maybe, overcome maybe maybe we'll send dr bedell a link to the movie actually you know what that is a good idea that is a really good idea because there may be an opening he's shaking things up he definitely <laughs> is shaking things up so um you know but you had mentioned that down here in on the on the border that this carry i mean obviously we know what happened with president trump's term and and you know it was it was just a hot mess but you're saying that it still continued into president biden's term and it still is as much of a hot mess right now? Yeah. And I mean, the reason that you're asking me that question is because um, the media now ignores it as much as possible. um, And it's just as bad as it was during Trump. And Biden is actually introducing some of Trump's policies back in that are more harmful to migrants that were actually struck down by the courts. Um, It's, it's been, there've been some gains, um, but overall, um, no, things are bad and they continue to be bad. And everywhere else in the world, when you have this huge humanitarian crisis, you have the Red Cross and you have the UN. I mean, like we're pretending it doesn't exist and which is completely unfair, you know? So, um, this film is supposed now I'm, now I'm trying to bring attention to that, right? That's, that's a, that's a big thing. We'll, we'll be in Annapolis, we'll be in DC, um, you know, and hopefully get lawmakers involved. I have to say, you know, um, Chris Van Hollen was actually, his office has been really responsive when I, during the filmmaking, I helped get uh, about seven Cameroonians um, into the U.S. And oh, wow. his, office, his office was instrumental and super helpful. And I know, um, you know, we have a good, a lot of good lawmakers in Maryland, but like, if you don't, 
it's like a it's like a snooze issue in Washington. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, pass it on. It's only been forty years. Why create good policy now? Los Abogados again, the Annapolis Film Festival, March twenty fifth, noon at the Boys and Girls Clubs. Um, but I want to talk to you a little bit about the festival because you've been on the festival circuit with this film, right? I have. Um, it's won plenty of awards at other festivals. And as a director, what do you hope to get out of any festival that you go to? What are you looking to see from the audience and the experience of being there? I mean, I know what we want to see when we sit down and you know put our butt in the seat and watch the film. What do you want to see? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I, and it's almost a question that has that like filmmakers have to have a reckoning with these days because um, it's film going on a film circuit to film festivals is expensive and you're doing it on a shoestring budget usually if you're a filmmaker. And so when we come to these festivals as filmmakers, um, you know, the things that we're hoping to get for a filmer is exposure, right? So what you're doing for me now is super helpful. I, I'm like, you know, listen to Vicky. She was on, you know, I on Annapolis and, you know, the, the, the exposure, getting the word out there is super important. It's, um, you know, meeting people that could possibly fund your next film. I mean, I'm retired, so I'm not doing that. But, you know, they're, they're things that filmmakers look for. Um, and then, you know, connecting and putting it in front of audiences you know, that's the icing on the cake, right? Right. So that's the reason we, we sit in dark rooms and, and edit films for no money and lots of time. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's so funny. I mean, the film industry has changed just as the music industry has. I mean, you know, we've gone from uh, 78s to 45s to 30, 33s or LPs to CDs. Or I guess we had 8-tracks and, you know, everything else in there. there. Films have done it now. Now, you, I know that there are some bands that actually play to hopefully and saw make songs to hopefully be scored in a film or a television show. When a filmmaker is making a film, I mean, are you eyeing up a specific size screen? Okay, I want this on the big screen in a theater or uh, I'm cool with a Netflix distribution where it's going to be watched at home or a YouTube thing where the kids are going to, you know, it, are you eyeing the different endpoints i guess of a film which didn't exist 20 years ago yeah 25 years ago yeah i would say that's definitely uh in the thought process while you're making the film I, you know the, at the budgets where most documentaries are they will only see the streaming screen right mm-hmm. um i will i have a distributor that will hopefully get me on television in some countries um possibly the u.s uh, on cable but you know you don't i I think the the way that films get in theaters when they're as small as ours is that you pay money to put your film in theaters in the hopes that you will get an academy award nomination you know it's all kind of a system and um I tend to stay out of that because i'm usually like on to the next thing by the time my film's out And I don't have a lot of desire to be a filmmaker anyway. I don't know why I keep doing it, but (laughs) I never, I never think like, I've never thought this would be great for my career, which apparently I should have because I'm 56 now. And, 
you know, like I'll die relatively unknown. But anyway, somebody will listen to this in the future and remember me. Well, you know, you know what? Here's here's your tip on this one. You misnamed this. You should have called it the Fablemans. You know, and, and, and they would have been here in droves. But where can we learn more about you and your work? I mean, if we've got folks here that have got that are listening that have a corporate need for video and stuff like that, is there a place where we can learn more about you and connect with you? Yeah, actually, my site and I do a lot of work in D.C. and here is boomboommedia.com. And um, we have great, great videographer um, who I work with, Simon Afoqua. Um, Yasmin Jameson does um producing for me and so you know we're hometown and we do all kinds of stuff um laura seltzer dunai is local as well she was a producer of las abogadas and she's a great video producer and director if we aren't able to catch the screening of it here in annapolis where are we going to be able to see this film moving on so we are part of the Ooh, i'm not even allowed to say we'll we'll be in uh, we'll be at the east street cinema in april and that'll be on april 12th 26th or 27th we will be announcing that soon and then um uh, pretty soon i think um we plan on doing a fall screening um again at maryland hall maybe we've talked to them because i know there's going to be a lot of interest so we will keep bringing it back here and then eventually of course it'll be on all the streaming services <laughs> awesome awesome yeah. well i am excited to see the film Again, this is Las Abogadas. It's going to be premiering here in Annapolis on March 25th at noon at the Boys and Girls Club. And I was talking to Lee and Patty, and they've got a big 30-foot screen. And that's going to be actually a really – it's a new venue to be seeing films. And it's going to be – it sounds like it's going to be pretty impressive there. We are going to have an after event that will be a fundraiser for the Center of Help, which is the Migrant Center in Annapolis that helps with um, migrants and Spanish-speaking um, population in town and um, we're going to raise money for them. And so we'll look for that on all kinds of Facebook. Oh, that'll be right after our screening at the Bates center at the boys and girls club. Okay. And you're, are you, I'm assuming you're going to be doing a Q and a after the screening. I mean, you're local, Definitely. you're here. And, and we will have special guests that are actually in the film. Annapolisfilmfestival.org is where everyone wants to go to get your passes and tickets. Uh, passes are great because if you get to a sold out show, you can quick go to another one and get right in without having to exchange tickets and all of that kind of stuff. If you're only able to make one or two movies through the weekend, tickets might be the way to go, but passes are probably the way to go. If you're into films and you're going to watch um, more than probably three or four over the weekend, that's just my pro tip that's uh, going out to everybody. But Vicki Bruce, thank you for producing this important film. Thank you for, um, you know, being here in Annapolis and going to come in and talk about it. And um, I can't wait to see it on 25th at noon at the Boys and Girls Club, Las Abogadas. Thanks, John. And thanks for helping promote all these good filmmakers and films and this great festival. You can see on the stars as you walk along Remember, passes and tickets for the Annapolis Film Festival are available right now at annapolisfilmfestival.org. I've got mine. Now you need to go get yours, and I'll see you at the movies. Hey, hey, hey.